Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Excellent. Well, this morning, uh, we're going to jump back into the scripture. We're going to look over in into the book of Galatians as we uh, continue on in this, uh, this uh, series, The Faith Walk. Uh, the Faith Walk really includes uh, some significant segments of our lives. Uh, it's not just one portion, but it includes everything in our lives, really. And I think it's so easy in the world that we live because we, we, we tend to compartmentalize our lives, right? We got like, this is work, this is school, this is church, this is whatever. And, but in reality, uh, when it comes to our faith in Christ, it should connect to all of those places in our lives. Just the, just the way it works. And people want their freedom, right? We love our freedom, and especially for us as Americans. We love and we want our freedom. And uh, we all want freedom in one way or the other. Some people ask for it. Uh, some people demand it. And some people fight for it. And it's just what it is when it comes to freedom, when we think about those words. Uh, but uh, yet with freedom come several elements, several things that we have to apply in our lives personally as followers of Jesus. So we all have to be able to follow him in the right way. And some of the great thinkers of our times talk about the freedom of a person's will. We have that free will before God and it's it's men and women's ability to choose what they want to do. I think that Jenna mentioned something about us being drugged a little bit, right? And, and I think that uh, we have to make sure that we are not just pull, have to be pulled along by that. Yet, yet uh, the, the freedom of our will is simply not made in a vacuum. It's not made in a vacuum. We, we, I don't mean that. I don't mean the uh, shop back you have in your garage. I don't mean that. Uh, but, but but we live in a world with the expectations, and some of those expectations are good, and some of them are not. But some of them, uh, those expectations are ridiculous, and others are completely irrelevant. Right? Uh, but uh, we also live on a planet in view of our Creator. God sees our lives. He sees every part and every element of our life, and, and, and he notices us. And what we do when our what do we do when our will clashes with God's will? Hopefully, we'll work it out with Him and come to grips with the reality that we face. And uh, this is where there are uh, this is where the grace and forgiveness of God comes in. But even though we have grace, we must recognize that what uh, that uh, we have what we may call an accountable freedom. It's a type of freedom that we have that we're accountable for how we live. And honestly, all freedom is accountable, really, right? Uh, we understand that, but human nature doesn't like this. But uh, this is a truth, really, that we can't get away from. We can try to pull away from it as much as we want to, but we can't. And we are free to act, but we're also uh, responsible for our actions, right? That's just reality. Uh, say your boss gives you the freedom to go buy some new equipment for your office. And uh, so you go out and, and, and you run to buy that new equipment. Well, but the thing is, is the boss doesn't tell you a dollar amount. He doesn't 
Uh, he doesn't give you any spoken uh, parameters to go by. And so you go out and you buy the office equipment you want. And because he doesn't say the dollar amount, you're like, hey, uh, I, can, I have an opportunity here. And so if you're the conservative person, though, you're probably going to go out and buy something that doesn't cost too much and to try to get something within a decent budget in your mind. Remember, you don't know because the boss didn't tell you what it was and what the parameters were. Then if you're if you're person on the edge of the wild side, maybe, you're probably thinking, hey, we can get whatever we want to. It doesn't matter on cost, and you just go and you purchase whatever you want. But really, you're still accountable, right? You're still accountable, even if, if those, uh, even if those, those uh, parameters weren't laid down. And, and really, the, this accountability, it was there, but it was unspoken, and the boss expected you at that point to use good judgment, right? And I think there are times like that in our lives, personally, as we follow Christ, and He allows us to make good judgment and allows us to move forward on things and make decent judgment. But if that same boss gives you parameters and says, I want you to buy this equipment, I give you $150 to do that, uh, then you're probably going to step into that situation and you know what the rules are, and then you're going to go in and try to buy something under that cost. And you have to figure out the tax and all that, right? To see what he's going to say about that. But anyhow, uh, you have that, and that's accountable freedom. It's accountable freedom. The reality is, is we all live in that freedom that we're responsible, where we're responsible. And it can be a little messy at times, can't it? When we look at our faith in Christianity, we understand it, it can be a little messy for us as we're trying to be accountable for the things that God has uh, guided us uh, towards in our lives. Consider your freedom in Christ. As we look at the freedom described in what Paul writes here in Galatians chapter 5, uh, here it's a special freedom and it's an accountable freedom. And he really sums it up in verse 13 there, uh, where the Lord says to Paul, you, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. And so he is writing to the body of Christ there. But let's look and let's read this passage together. You, can, you don't have to read it out loud, but you can read it with me and see, follow along with it. It says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. He's basically saying, you, you, evidently, you were, you, you were enslaved before, right? And he would say, basically, you were enslaved to sin in the past, so don't be, go back to that. And, uh, well, he's actually referring to some of the, uh, some of the uh, rites of the Old Testament, of the Old Covenant. Look at what he says in verse 2. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I de declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. He's dealing with one of the Old Testament rites. It was a sign and seal of that covenant. And we don't have that covenant now at this point. Uh, and then he goes on in verse 4, You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. But by faith we eagerly await through the Spirit the righteousness for which we hope. 
For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Now I will say something. Sometimes here people will see this say, that's old covenant. That's really not relevant to us. It actually is relevant to us today, and especially for those who still follow uh, the Jewish way of life in the old, old covenant. Uh, it, this is relevant, what he is speaking, because it was an issue at that time, and he brings this up. And now in verse 7, he says this, uh, You are running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? What kind of persuasion... Uh, does not come from the one who calls you, or that kind of persuasion. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I'm confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion will pay the penalty, whoever he may be. And he's speaking of the Judaizers. We'll talk about them later. But he says in verse 11, Brothers, if I'm still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? And that, in that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, talking about those Judaizer guys, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. And we'll leave that there. Uh, but, and then he goes, but he's making a strong statement to them. And he says in verse 13, You, my brothers, were called to be free. Not slaves, but free. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. So he, he's writing about this uh, freedom with responsibility to it. And for us as followers of Jesus, we have some, all, all have some responsibility to us as we follow Jesus. And so the first thing I have here for you is your freedom as a believer is salvation for you. Your freedom as a believer is salvation for you. Uh, and you were called to be free. The Lord has called each and every one of us to be free. Uh, and in chapter 4, the apostle told of, of the bondage to the Old Testament law which Judaizers were promoting. They were going back and they were trying to tell God's people, hey, if you want to be saved, you have to be circumcised. You have to follow these the ceremonial laws to be able to actually be saved. And he's saying, no, that is not the case. And so the Judaizers, these guys had wanted to bring people back to these old rites, and yet the New Testament tells us that salvation is by grace through faith. And the Old Testament rites do not save us from our sinfulness, but they do point towards Christ. Many of them point towards what He has done for us. So the freedom that Paul is mainly speaking about is freedom from the old ritual of circumcision. And it was something that the people of God were commanded to do under the Old Testament to show that they had chosen to follow God's covenant. And that was what it was all about, is they were saying, hey, I have chosen to follow the covenant of the Lord. But Paul now explains, he comes to the other side of this and says, uh, we, we only live through faith in Christ. It's about the faith walk, right? It's about walking with Christ, and it's about walking in hope, and it's about walking in this freedom that we have as followers of Jesus. So the Lord reminds us through the Apostle Paul that we have been justified by grace, not by the Old Testament law. To be justified by God is to be like we've never sinned. We talked about that. 
the last week or so. You're called by freedom and for freedom. And you're called to live a life free from sin. And you are, you are freed from the hopeless task of trying to save yourselves. Aren't you glad? Because really, we can't save ourselves. It, it doesn't matter. We can't save ourselves. No matter how good we try to be, we can't save ourselves. We all mess up. I don't know about you, but I mess up now and then. Uh, and we all mess up, and we all need help. We miss the mark, so to speak. And so the only thing that this Old Testament law did for us was to show us that we've all failed God in one way or the other. And we need to be forgiven. But we must, we can't let our faith stop here. Over in Romans chapter 6 verse 14, it says to us, For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. So we, we see that since God has offered His great grace to us, we don't have to be ruled by our old human nature. We tend to like to be ruled by our own nature, right? Why, why is it that we do that? Because it's easy. It's the easiest path is to be ruled by our old human nature, our old sinful nature. If we, if we run that way, it's easy. But then the Lord is challenging us not to run in that same pathway because He's put the Spirit of God inside of us as followers of Jesus so we don't have to run down that path anymore. Uh, but do we at times, yes, we mess up, we miss the mark, and so we have to get up, ask for Him for forgiveness, and move on and allow the, God to, the, allow the Lord to work through us. And so when we think of the old human nature, we can think about the rules themselves shouldn't, shouldn't have to control us. Rules shouldn't always have to control us, but the Spirit of God in our hearts as we follow His Word. So it's one thing for just to have rules and to follow the rules, but it's another thing to allow the Spirit of God to guide us according to the Word of God so it frames our life and how we live and it brings glory to God in our living. And we see that by His blood, Christ purchased our freedom. He purchased it for us. And since we've been made free through Jesus' shed blood, we need to be able to continue to live out our faith every day. We need to live it out, that faith walk. We need to live it out every day and allow Him to work through our lives. And uh, since Jesus made us free, we shouldn't give, it shouldn't give us the right to live our lives in a reckless manner, should it? You know, uh, this morning as I was driving down, uh, where, where we're at, the, the, the highway was a little bit rougher. It was a little bit more snow and stuff on it this morning. And, uh, and so as we're coming down the highway, I could have chosen to run the speed limit because that was, that's the law, right? Now I know there's some other adjustments there. It depends on the weather and all that, but I could have run on that, but I chose to drop it down a few miles an hour for a period of time until I got to the place where it was, where it was much better. And so I could, I was still, I, I, I was working in the rules. I could have ran full 70 miles an hour. But I didn't choose to do that. Why? Because it wouldn't have been nice to the other people around me, first of all, and it wouldn't have been nice to my family. Because if I spun that old van out and, and did something else with it, it wouldn't have been nice, right? So we, we have, even though I had the right to run that fast, it wasn't necessarily prudent. 
And that's the way it is for us as followers of Jesus as well. How, how we live does matter and how we walk with our Lord in these days does matter. Are we perfect? No, we're not perfect. Do we make mistakes? Yes, we do make mistakes. But then we have to keep moving and allow the Lord to work through our lives. If you go to Philadelphia, you're going you're gonna to see something. What is Philadelphia known for, right? The, the Liberty Bell, right? If you go see that, you'd see that bell and probably rub your hands on, on that bell if you could get to it and, and uh, think about uh, the liberty that uh, we have politically as a, as a nation uh, and all that went into that. And, and you would see that and, and it kind of reminds you of uh, that. But, uh, and it even has a scripture on it that says, proclaim liberty throughout the land and to the, uh, unto all the inhabitants thereof. Our, our, our nation began with a decent declaration of liberty in so, some sense, and uh, we know that it, that includes many things, though. And I'm not speaking here from the political standpoint, but, but true freedom comes only from God. It really does. Because we're not bound by all the other things around us. And Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, he says, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We have freedom in Christ. When the Spirit of God is in our lives, it, it makes us free to be able to live out our faith and to walk with Him. There's another thing here that we need to consider besides our freedom as salvation to us. Uh, your freedom as a believer includes restraint, or it includes those things we call limits, right? And uh, we understand that God's plan for people is at one end extremely flexible. Aren't you glad that the Lord allows us to be flexible in our life? And yeah, there are times, as, as Pastor Jenna mentioned, that we may come kicking and screaming because He's dragging us along. Uh, and does that happen? Sure, it does happen. And, and But I think that we have to be able to step back and recognize that He has a plan and sometimes his plans can be very unbending, parts of it, but it is also flexible as well, and that it includes a large amount of freedom for God's people. He does give us wonderful freedom, and, and on the other hand, it's unbendable and that it includes the condition that however we choose to act, we must accept the responsibility of our own actions. And that can be challenging, right? Don't use your freedom, as, as Paul says, to indulge in the sinful nature. Don't use your freedom just to do anything that you want. And uh, uh, can freedom be wrong? Can it be wrong? Can freedom really be wrong? It, 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 the only way it could be wrong is if we don't use it right. If we don't use it correctly. Some people argue that because we don't have detailed rules that we can do anything we want to, but that simply isn't true. Uh, it's just not accurate. We, we've been freed from sin by God's grace, but we are still subject to Christ. We're still subject to our Lord. And we, we all get to sit before Him at some, some day. I don't know if we'll sit before Him, we'll kneel before Him, uh, and we'll meet Him face to face at that great uh, beam of judgment seat. Over in Romans chapter 6, verse uh, one, uh, 1 to 4, 
Uh, the Apostle Paul writes to the Romans and he says these words to him. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? And he says, by no means, no way. And then he says, we are, are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized in his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have new life. That is such a powerful word picture there as he's talking that when Jesus was buried, we were buried with him in baptism. It's a, it's a portrayal of what God has done for us as we've been forgiven, as we put our faith in Christ we died with him. The old nature died with him. We chose to allow that nature to be set aside and died, was crucified with Christ. It's pretty important for us. Because then there's, a, there's another part to that as well. And we see that we have been raised up as well. And look at what he says in verse 6 there, even in Romans chapter 6. He says, For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. In other words, so it shouldn't rule or run our lives. And so we know that freedom is great, and yet we've been freed from spiritual slavery so that we can live a new life. And so that we can walk with God in a different way. And so, yeah, we were slaves to sin before we came to faith. And though it doesn't mean that we don't mess up after that, but if we do, we can make things right with the Lord, and then we move on from there. So freedom is great, but we don't want to be staying in that old slavery of sin. A man got into a fight with his neighbor, and, and uh, when he got into a fight with them, they were upset about something. And so uh, the one guy punched the other guy in the nose. Not necessarily very nice, right? And so then the police is called. The police come, and they, they get him. They take, take the guy and put him into jail. Uh, and so he goes before the judge, and, the judge uh, and he tells the judge, well, this is a free country. And the judge says, your freedom goes as close as that guy's nose. Uh, so because he punched his nose. So the, rea the reality is, is our, we do have freedom, yet we also have responsibilities as well, as well in our walk with Jesus too. Freedom must have some limits for there to be freedom. We don't really think about that. We don't talk about that very much, but we should talk about it maybe a little bit more than what we do. Uh, because uh, some who've argued, I can use the old school, and some who have argued, I'm free and I choose to drink alcohol. I've found that, uh, that they soon be become a slave to that habit, that many do. And so there, there is no slavery worse than being a slave to your own desires. It could be other things besides that. There are different things out there as well. But uh, really, this, this freedom goes beyond that. And you may believe that you're free to drink simply because the scripture says that only drunkards and liars uh, will not inherit the kingdom of God because the scripture does say that. Uh, and uh, so, and since you don't sin by getting drunk, it isn't an issue. 
because you're free. Well, the problem is, is that uh, you are free to drink and then all, then you offend your brother or sister in Christ who was once an alcoholic or a child of an alcoholic. So you have to be able to step back and say, okay, how do I handle this thing? Uh, because I'm a follower of Jesus and it's just like I said, I... I was running in the within the rules of the road when I was driving my family to church, uh, but I could have ran within the rules and still been in an accident because of the way I handled things and then offend them or harm them or harm someone else on the road. So we, ha- we have to step back and we have to think about those kind of things in our walk. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Verse 31 to 33, it tells us this as Paul writes about our freedom and also our responsibility as followers of Jesus. He says, so whether you uh, eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God. Interesting. Even as I try to please everybody everybody in every way, For I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. It should make us step back and think how we live does affect others around us. It can really have an impact on them, and that's why we have to be careful and try to grow uh, in our faith in these things. So we are free. We have been made free. Yeah, we have to be able to make adjustments so that we are following along with the Lord's plan in our lives. How many people who are free are being drug, drug along? Even though God's saying, hey, this is my will, and the Lord's saying, I'm dragging you along here. But, uh, and he's saying, this is my will, why don't you just go ahead and get up and walk in it? Because we have to be able to be the kind of people that gets up and walks with him. We want to be that type of people. Are we perfect? No. But we need to move towards that growth. We need to move towards that. We all have to do that as we look to the Lord because He cares for us and He cares for others around us as well. We have a greater responsibility to others than we even do to ourselves. I'm not I'm not only speaking to preachers here, although I am one and I am speaking to myself, but I'm speaking to all of us. Most people are so worried about what they get personally that they forget about the fact that we don't live in a vacuum. We don't live in a vacuum. It's just not true. We, we are part of a body. We're part of a nation, of uh, the, the, the community of faith. We're part of the community of faith. I'm not saying the nation is a community of faith because it's not. It's the church. It's the body. It's God's people. Uh, those are two separate things, but we, we have to be uh, recognized that there are others around us that look to us and see how we live and act. And you're first your brother's keeper, then you're a witness of the Savior. You remember the story of the brother's keeper and, uh, and in the Old Testament. Uh, you can go look there in Genesis if you want to and look that up. Am I my brother's keeper? One said to someone else, right? Yes, we are our brother's keeper. A guy once said uh, to, to a guy who was a train switchman, got on board and he said, uh, uh, this guy switches all these tracks together, you know, to uh, shift the train from one place to another, all electronic type stuff. And 
Uh, and he says, uh, your position has a lot of responsibility, doesn't it? And, and the other guy said to him, yeah, but it's nothing compared to yours as a follower of Jesus. You think about what does a train switchman do? He, he makes sure that the trains don't hit each other. He gets them on the right track. And for us as a follower of Jesus, as followers of Jesus, our responsibility towards others is pretty big. See, they crash and burn and may lose their physical life. And that's one thing. Yeah, it's pretty serious. But we don't want people to crash and burn and lose their spiritual eternity, their spiritual life. So uh, for us as followers of Jesus, we have to remember that your freedom as a believer must be used to help others and not hurt. You and I are free to give, uh, give, uh, give instead of being free to always take. We have to ask that question, are we givers or are we takers? Paul was a giver. He was all about others. You can see it in his writing. You see how he wrote there. He was a giver. He was trying to help the lives of other people. He learned to place his freedom aside to be able to keep others from falling. Uh, and even on this very subject that he deals with, he talked about the old rite of circumcision. It is interesting. You will find him uh, taking some to the temple and making sure that the Greek people were circumcised so they could actually go there to the temple. He did that, why? To be able to relate to the people, the Jewish people of that time. It seems like he's talking out of both sides of his mouth, but he is not. He's trying to make sure that he's not offending them so that he can relate to them and then see people's lives changed and transformed. So we can't misunderstand that we are free from the mark of the Old Covenant. And we're free, but we still have responsibility. Finally, we have this. Your freedom as a believer involves that, that dedication. It's that all in. We're all in. We're, we, in other words, we say, here we are. We give everything that we have to you, Lord. We're all in with who we are with what we have, whatever you need, God, we're here for you, to follow you. So we have to be able to use our freedom to serve one another in love and to serve our community in love. Real freedom is living by the Spirit. There in Galatians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul says it in verses 16 and 18. He said, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh or the old sinful nature. And then he says in verse 17, he says, For the flesh desires what is contrary, or what's against the Spirit, and the Spirit is what is contrary to the flesh, the natural person. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. I find that interesting. In fact, I highlight that here in yellow for my sake. We're not here just to do whatever we want. Then he says in verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. I find all that interesting there. So that you're not to do whatever you want. But what is freedom then? What is freedom? Freedom still has responsibility. Freedom still says we can't do just any old thing we want, right? And we don't always think about that side of it. But we are free. And then sometimes what happens to us uh, when, when we're walking with Jesus, we get this idea of, 
well, if I don't do this, and if I don't do that, and if I don't do this, and if I don't do that, then all is good with God. And I'm going to heaven, and I have no other problems with other people, but the reality is it's more than just don'ts, right? It's more than that because we have freedom to follow Jesus. We have freedom to walk with him. And because we have freedom to follow him, then we can make adjustments and not do just what we want. I don't know about you, but that's hard for me. It is. It's challenging. The reality is it's hard for most of us that we want to do what we want to do. Maybe you're not like me. Maybe you're, you're more sanctified and you, you've moved beyond me, and you may be, but I, we're all growing, right? We are all growing, and so we have to be able to follow Him. So uh, uh, your, your freedom as a believer involves that being all in for Him and to follow Him with everything you have. The question is, is how do we live by the Spirit, as he's talking about here? Well, if you look at what Paul says here later on in Galatians chapter 5, you can tell what he's talking about by living by the Spirit when he, when he writes it in verses 22 to 26. And he shows us that, that, that we should be bearing the fruit of the Spirit, and this is what the Lord is, this is what the Lord was saying through the Apostle Paul here in this context. And in verse 22 of Galatians 5, I didn't put it on the screen for you, but, but uh, you can pull it up out of your, your own Bible. It's Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Interesting way to look at it. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh or the sinful nature, as some translations say it, with, with its passions and its desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. We've got to keep walking. We can't be drug along. All those things, if we're going to strive for anything in our walk of faith, if we're going to strive for anything, we should allow these fruit of the Spirit to, uh, to work in our lives. And, and look at each one and allow them to penetrate our hearts and minds. Not that it's a rule, but remember, we're free, but we still have responsibility. We're free. We've been freed. We, we, we've been freed from the old covenant. We've been freed from the Old Testament rules. We've been freed from those things and those certain rights and and things that we had to follow. But now we have come to one master, and his name is Jesus. He's a good master. He's not a hard task master. He loves us. He cares intensely for us. And he wants the best for us. He wants to see good things happen in our lives and through our lives. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. And he wants to do through you great things. And he wants to do in you great things. And he wants to do great things for you, for each and every person. Something God, something God is a mean ogre. I, I remember one pastor telling me years ago that God, some thought God was a mean ogre with a big stick in his hand. You know what those big old sticks have? What do they call those? A, a mace or something with a big old round ball in the head with all little spikes. It's like he was carrying that around ready to whack you or something. But God's not that way. He really isn't that way. He cares for us. And yeah, he may, 
He may pull us a little bit, but we need to be able to keep in step with the Spirit and allow Him to work in our lives. Allow these things, these fruit of the Spirit to work through us. Not only the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit are important too, but so is the fruit of the Spirit. They're very important for us as followers of Jesus. So we need to be able to use our freedom in Christ to live by the Spirit, to let that fruit work in us. Our freedom should lead us to do right out of love for the Lord and who freed us from sin. That's the great thing, is He's freed us from sin. And so because of that, we should be able to serve Him because we know that He loves us and He cares for us. I'm so glad that He does. And our attitude towards those who abuse their freedom really is shown there in Galatians 6. But, but Jesus alone brings real freedom. John chapter 8, verse 36 tells us this. It says, so if the Son sets you free, I don't mean S-U-N, I mean S-O-N, speaking of Jesus. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. If He has set you free, you are free for sure. We live on a planet. <laughs> we live in this place, and the Lord sees our lives. He sees every detail of us. We can't get by with anything. Others may or may not see our lives, and hopefully others see our lives, right? Hopefully others understand uh, who we are, and, and we all have our idiosyncrasies. We all, all have our issues, whatever they are, and we should be uh, real about that. But the facts are, we need to make sure that the Lord, we know that the Lord sees every part of us. And He cares for us. And He came to set us free. And then in turn, we can live freely for Him. And we can share this life that God has given to us with others. I wish we were perfect. I wish we were totally perfect so that when we witness Christ, that there is no issue in there, right? So that we, we don't give the Lord a bad name. Because that happens sometimes. And so we need to make sure that we look to, our, look to the Lord and look at ourselves and say, Lord, uh, am I making some mistakes here? If I, am I twisting things or am I doing something that makes other people think, that, wow, how can you serve the Lord and live like that? Hopefully we will make those adjustments as we follow the Lord and we allow Him to work through our lives. Amen? You are called to freedom. You have been made free through the blood of Jesus. If you have not been made free yet, today is your day because you can put your faith and trust in Christ and then He offers to you that freedom. He gives that freedom to you. All we have to do is trust in Him. Would you stand with me this morning? Friends, you are free. Therefore, walk out that freedom. Walk out that freedom in hope, knowing that He is the one that will take care of your life, knowing that He is the one that will lead and guide your life, and knowing that He has the best in store for you. You've been made free. Walk it out. Serve Him faithfully. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank You. We thank You, Lord, because You have proven Yourself to be good to us. You have shown Your faithfulness to us.
we appreciate the fact, Lord, that you have offered to us freedom, that we can be free from being slaves to sin, being slaves to the old nature, being slaves to walking in the way that we used to. And Father God, then we can take on the fruit of the Spirit, which you make available to us. Father, we pray that you would guide our lives. I pray for each person here, Lord, and online. That, Father God, that you would help each one to make their decisions, not based on just what they want to do, but that what you would have them to do in their lives, how you would have them to live. Father God, help each and every one of us to walk with you in a way, Lord, that when others, sees our, when others see our lives, that others can say, yeah, there's something different about that person. Not because they're perfect, but because Christ is in them. Maybe they can't pinpoint it yet, but Father, that they may see it in time. Father, help us to live. Help us to watch how we live so that we can glorify your name among one another, among our neighbors, among our families, among our friends give you thanks, Father, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer this morning, we'll be glad to pray with you down front. Please wear your mask if you, if you do come forward. I would be glad to pray with you. Let's close with this last song, though, as we worship the Lord on this great day.